Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together, we are FNA Van Life. If you couldn't tell by the intro music <laughs> that just played to, to the Van Life. FNA to the Van Life. So right now, we are in Boise, Idaho, and it is supposed to snow next week. Yeah, which is amazing. And at the same time, could be very scary to a lot of you out there, especially if it's your first time getting into van life. We're going to cover all the tips and tricks about winter van life, and we are your people to listen to because we snowboarded 71 mountains in a single snowboard season and spent the whole winter in the cold. Yes, we have tons of tips about winter van life. You're definitely going to want to stay tuned to the end because we have some really good ones to share with you that you're not going to want to miss for this setup. But first, let's do a quick little update from the road. All right, here we go. Right now, like Alex said, we are in Idaho still. No, Utaho. No, no, I'm not the hoe. Utaho. Utaho on the line. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, so right now we are actually right next to Sun Valley. Um, and we're we're actually sitting directly outside the resort right now. We can the see snowboard it. resort. We could see it from the spot that we're parked in, which is kind of crazy because you could see the snow on the hill, which they just got a couple days ago, right before we got here. And it's been pretty incredible. We got to soak in the hot springs, and on the way here we soaked in several more. It's just been an incredible journey. Idaho has been a really hidden gem for us. I don't think we really knew what to expect coming here, but it's actually been so beautiful. There are so many natural hot springs to go visit. Everywhere you go, you're like, wow, this is really nice, and the people are friendly, and it's just a really cool place to be. So if you've never come to Idaho, I would definitely put it on your list. Yeah, and we have tons of adventures on our YouTube channel of Idaho and what we're doing here. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be showcasing a lot more of those and a bunch of the perks about being able to van life in Idaho. We really believe that it's the hidden gem out of all the states. Well, we need to get to all the states before we decide our ultimate hidden well, gem. I mean, Pacific Northwest is like, you know, a very sought out after area. And Oregon is one of those in particular and Washington. And I feel like that Idaho has kind of been left out. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. I totally agree with that. Definitely check out the YouTube videos. I'm trying not to say like. <laughs> we just yeah. listened to something back and I said like about a hundred thousand times. And so if I pause a little bit more during this conversation, it's because I was going to say like, and now I'm not sure what to say. Okay, so if you're not sure what to say, I know what to say. I got you, babe. We're going to jump right into this podcast because, you know, the update is great and all, but what you're here to listen to is the winter tips that we got for you. First up, you're going to need to get your van ready for winter. Hopefully when you were building it, you did some smart things like insulate behind the walls. Yeah, which is one of the biggest keys that you could do in a van is have insulation, whether it's for the summer or the winter time. But it really, really helps in the winter to keep that cold air out. 
another huge thing is have some type of heat source. So we have a gas-fired heater. It goes directly to our tank, which is the most convenient way to set up heating in your van because if you have fuel in that gas tank or diesel tank, you have heat in your van. And it actually doesn't take that much gas out of your tank to run the heater. It's something about one gallon every 24 hours running on max speed. Yeah. And if you ran that business on max speed, oh, burn for twi- oh my God, you would be literally butt naked, sweating <laughs> uncontrollably. Like right now, I think we have our heater set to about 60. It's set for 55 right now. It's set for 55. I'm wearing shorts and a tank top. Yeah. And it's almost 30. It's probably like 40 degrees outside right now. Right. So the heater works really well. It's such a small space that it's easy to heat up as long as you have that insulation to make sure that you're not losing the heat. And another big thing is covering all your windows with an insulated window cover. Yeah. And just to go back to the heater real quick, that heater also takes a very low power. So there's not much power consumption behind it. It only takes a decent amount when it first starts up. And I think it's like 7.5 amps. It's nothing crazy. Your van and your battery bank system should be able to run something like that, no problem. Back to the windows, that is where you're going to lose a ton of heat. We keep them all covered. We made our own window covers. We bought a roll of Reflectic. We bought the biggest roll that we could find. Well, probably not the biggest, but the biggest one that they had on Amazon. Not like an industrial size roll or something like that. Measured the size of the windows, cut the Reflectic out, and then just made basically... A fabric cover. One side is black. The other side is a nice pattern that we wanted to have on the inside of the van for like aesthetic. They really keep the hot out and they also keep the cold out. On a bright sunny day when the sun is blasting through one of those windows, oh my goodness, having the insulated window covers is so helpful. And then on the cold days, you take that cover down and you can immediately feel the cold air rush in behind it. Mm-hmm. And these covers make a day and night difference. I mean, it is amazing how well that they help insulate the space. Like Alex said, when you take them down, you really feel that air flowing through the window. I would say no matter what you're going to do, even if you don't cover it with fabric, definitely get the reflectic, throw that up on your window And it's going to make a huge difference for you. The other thing you want to make sure, the most windows you're probably going to have in your build, I know some builds have windows everywhere, but the front cab is where the biggest windows are. So like your windshield, the driver's window, the passenger window, you need to have window covers for these windows, not only for privacy. So in the evenings, it also helps with being more stealth. So it, you know, blocks off any light from escaping the van at night. And it's going to save you so much heat loss in the winter. Well, and another thing that we did in our van is we put up a barrier. In other words, we have a blackout curtain that separates the front cab from our, our living space. And that actually keeps a lot of the cold up in the front of that cab. And it doesn't actually make its way to the back here. Yeah, when you get closer to that curtain, it's a little bit cooler in that area but not by much. When you open up those blackout curtains, it feels like it's freezing up there sometimes. In the winter, I would actually, if I didn't have enough room in the fridge, I would put leftovers or food that was like needing to be refrigerated up by our feet in the front cab and then close that curtain. 
Because it was that cold that you could actually use it as almost like a cooler. Yeah, in the wintertime, it's our cool storage area. (laughs) Yeah, super handy. This next tip is a really good one. Are you loving our podcast? Well, we have a way for you to get one more a month. By joining our Patreon community, you get exclusive access to a one-hour podcast ad-free every single month that does a deep dive into what it's really like to live on the road. Depending on which tier you select, you could even get free merchandise. Check out the link below and join the Patreon community today. You also get access to tons of behind-the-scenes content from our YouTube channel, too. Now back to the podcast. The plumbing system is something that you really have to think about on your van. If your van has plumbing outside, you have to make sure that you have some type of insulation or some type of heat source that covers that area so it keeps it warm in the wintertime. We, in our first van, we didn't have the heater running one time, and it actually froze the pipes inside. So you have to be really careful with your space in the wintertime. If it's coming anywhere near freezing outside, you better have that heat source on, heating up your space. Even if it's on the lowest temperature, that's okay. Like we said, we have ours on 55 right now. It keeps our space plenty of warm, and it keeps those pipes from freezing on the inside. If you have a tank that's outside, make sure you wrap it in reflectic and put a heat source around it. That way you keep it from freezing. And those heat sources, they don't take too much energy, but they take enough to where you really got to you gotta think about it a little bit. Now, Especially in the winter because you're getting less sun. The days are shorter. The winter tends to be more cloudy. So you can't really 100% rely on your solar system, which is why having the DC to DC charger, which is your alternator from your vehicle charging your back batteries, is absolutely essential if you're going to be living winter van life. Yeah, and also on top of that, I would say go as far as to have some type of ability to plug into shore. So if you're going to sit in an area for a while, you know that you have the ability to plug in if there's something available there. That way, you don't have to worry about running your van and you could utilize that gas for your heater or that diesel for your heater. Regardless, if you have to run your rig, that's fine. You have the DC to DC charger to charge your battery bank up and keep you topped off in times when you have three or four days where it's just completely gray outside and the sun just can't make its way through. I just had this vision that I feel like I have to talk about in terms of like safety concern. People have before died sitting in their car with the engine running when the snow is so high that it covers all of the airflow out of the van. Yeah, so the exhaust is pumping directly back into the van. You hear really sad stories like this almost every year, usually during like the first big snowstorm. Certainly happened in New York a bunch of times. When there is a snowstorm, in other words, make sure that you're getting out every 20 minutes, every hour or so. Well, depending on how fast it's dropping. Yeah, just to check on how it's dropping. Even if you look out your window and you see that it's dropping at a significant rate, make sure to get outside and clear that area where that exhaust would be. Even if you went out there and you put some type of like metal box that could kind of push the snow away that has you know, a vent at the top of it, it will allow you to not worry about the snow building up too much and you having any type of issue with carbon buildup or back into your space, carbon dioxide buildup, because that's what essentially would kill you if if you weren't, you know, paying close attention to that. If you do have a propane heater, make sure that you have your vent fan on. 
if you do happen to be in a snowstorm and you're, you know, you can't get outside and it's dropping really crazy, crack your vent fan and turn it on, put it on extremely low. It will allow that air to flow through your space. That way, if there is any carbon buildup, you should have some type of detector that would go off. Yes, you absolutely have to have a carbon monoxide detector. And we also have a propane detector because we have a propane cooktop, yep. which the Mr. Heaters or those little propane heaters yeah, that people heaters. get, you would need a propane detector for that. So that's the big difference between a car and a van. In a van, you would have an alarm system that, say, the snow built up like crazy overnight and somehow your system's backed up and you're, you know, that CO2 is getting back into your house, your alarm would go off and alert you. One of the most gnarly things in our last van, we were using our heater, we never had any problems with CO2, and we were parked next to another vehicle. And that other vehicle turned on in the morning, and it was a gas vehicle that was like probably an 80s RV. And you could hear it. It was like chugging. Like we were like, whoa, what is that noise? We were actually getting the carbon from their exhaust coming into our van, and our CO2 detector actually went off when that vehicle was running it didn't go off it just we had like an electric one it started beeping a little bit it was like well that's true it was like the the warning beeps that like oh your levels are starting to increase yeah it was reading like 70 almost 80 and then like at 100 you really got to be worried about the the space so maybe parking away from other people that way you're not on top of each other because if they do start their rig or a generator yeah or a generator might actually blow CO2 into your rig. So what's really funny, that alarm that we had in the other van was just a CO2 alarm and it was electric and it had numbers on it. The one that we have now is just like a black box and it doesn't read numbers. But so this was really cool. When we had our apartment in New York City, we were testing the CO2 monitor. So I turn it on in the house and it's reading about 110. And I was like, okay, I guess this is our you know, normal barometer for, like, regular CO2 in the atmosphere. I actually think you were like, is this thing broken? I don't know. (laughs) But then we got out to the van, and it was zero. And that's when I said, is this broken? Uh Because we had over 100 in the house, and now we're out here, and we have none. Yeah, so we were actually getting better uh, levels of CO2, well, better air in our van than we were in our apartment in New York City which is disgusting. Yeah, it's wild to think. Yeah. Like, we were, we would wake up some mornings with headaches, and the reason why was because the CO2 levels inside that apartment were fairly high. So even in your own home that you live in, if you live in a basement apartment, you should make sure that your levels, you should have a CO2 detector and make sure that the levels in the space aren't bad because you might have to pop a window open just so you don't die in that space. Oh my God. The other visual that I had in my head earlier when you were talking about the plumbing, last year when the Texas had their really terrible winter storm and Texas's plumbing is not winterized, after the everything thawed, that's when you really see the effects of the freezing, because what happens when water freezes is it expands. Mm. And then when it starts to melt, all your plumbing is now cracked because the water expanded inside the pipes. We had broken faucets. We had leaky piping because of the expansion. And these images from Texas last year of just like water mains busted and like 
water coming through people's ceilings. That's technically what could happen inside your van if it gets too cold and you still have water in your plumbing lines. Remind you now, all these tips that we are giving you guys are for people that are living in their vans, you know, either full time or going out into these cold temperatures, even part time. And then, you know, stay in areas that are normally warmer. The, the reason why I want to tell you that is because if you are not staying in your van full time, you have to make sure that you winterize your rig as well. In other words, you know, drain all the water inside your van, um, you know, possibly put in some type of uh, winterization like glycol or whatever that they use, like some like some type of antifreeze uh, that you could then flush later on. If you have black, uh, a black tank that is under outside your rig as well, you got to make sure that you're using some type of solution. That way the, the pee and feces does not, yep. you know, freeze up in these type of situations. So these are all these things that you have to think about uh, before going into these type of conditions for the winter time. And I know a lot of people are chasing 70 and looking for warm weather. But so, not all of us. No. And this podcast, you know, if you're not looking to get to winter, that's fine. But there are some things that you should probably have inside your van because you never know when the weather is just going to completely turn on you. You might think that you were going somewhere that was going to be hot and warm or just, you know, temperate. And then a storm blows through. Yeah. Like we were talking about Texas before. Me living in Florida, uh, you know, in middle school and high school growing up, we actually had a couple days that were at 30 degrees, which is crazy cold for Florida. And that was in lower southwest Florida. So no matter where you are, you might have this opportunity occur where you need to have some type of winterization, whether it's a heater or something, just to keep your van, your pipes and everything from freezing up and keep you feeling comfortable. Speaking of winterization, there's a couple fluids that you can get that are perfect for winter. They actually sell windshield wiper fluid that's rated for below zero temperatures. They have stuff that's not, which you can usually find in the summertime. But as you get closer to winter, you should be looking for the winter windshield wiper fluid that can handle below freezing temperatures or you're going to end up with a giant ice block on your front windshield yeah and if you are rocking a van that has diesel fuel you should really think about having just some 911 on you that's the name of the the type of stuff that you put in your fuel because what happens to diesel fuel when it gets so cold when it gets below freezing temperatures temperatures it starts to gel up and if you are in a place that doesn't have winterized fuel and then you go to a place where you need winterized fuel you're gonna need an emergency kit something like that and the 911 stuff you really only need a little bit in yeah. each tank so one little bottle of yeah, like it a quart of it can last fine. a long time yeah so it's not like a huge investment but it'll definitely help save your engine and help start your vehicle Speaking of starting your vehicles, our last van was so hard to start in the cold weather. Yeah, so we had a block heater as well as glow plugs on the last van. And the block heater, you're able to plug in to 120. So actually, every once in a while, we would plug it into our own van in the morning. So that way we could heat up that engine area. Uh, when we were in very cold temperatures, it would be hard to start. So when we were in like Jackson Hole, it was negative 17 degrees Fahrenheit. We had a very hard time starting the van. Um, another thing is on those old Sprinter vans, it might be something where you have to click the key over three times, wait a couple seconds, 
click it over again. You're looking for a light on the dash. In our old van, it was with this weird, like, double loopy line. Yeah, it was saying that, like, the coil, like, the glow plug was hot enough for you to then start the van. Right, so it would flash on and then go away and then flash on and then go away. And then maybe the third or fourth time you turn it over, it would flash on and stay on. Yeah, which means that it's ready to go and you can start your engine. In that case, it actually helped a lot. And it also helps save your engine in the long run, too. Because if you're just trying to chug away and start your rig and it's not turning over, it's going to, over time, do some damage. Absolutely. That's another thing about winter van life is that you have to kind of be prepared for breakdowns in the worst possible situations. If it's going to be a negative degree winter storm, you know, that is like the worst case possibility of being stranded somewhere. Obviously, if you break down on the beach in Baja, you're like, oh, whatever, I'll just grab mm-hmm. a Corona and like, it's, it's l- going to be a great day. It's most definitely a lot easier. That yeah. Way. But if you're in the middle of a snowstorm in Colorado or something, it's not going to be as much fun. And so there's a couple things that you need to make sure that you're prepared for a winter breakdown. If you're enjoying all the information that you're getting on this podcast, you're going to love our van life book. This book is going to take you from thinking and dreaming about van life to buying your rig, building it out, and everything that you need to know about being on the road, living van life full time. If you want to pick it up, it's available as a Kindle download on Amazon, and we would so appreciate your support. Link in the description below. Growing up in Canada, you always had a winter readiness kit inside of your van or car just in case you broke down somewhere. Because in a car, you're going to lose your heat so quickly. But so a couple things to always have inside of your van based on those kits would be candles, lighters, matches, so you can start a little fire if you need to. And also... I mean, you live in the van, so you're probably going to have blankets. You're probably going to have warm clothes. You're probably going to have your winter jacket with you, mitts, hats, gloves, all of that. So it's nice that you're living in a van. You can also, like, cook a delicious warm meal as long as you still have your cooktop going. So I don't think it's a matter of you, like, freezing to death necessarily. But the real way to avoid freezing to death is to make sure that you have a heat source, and potentially a secondary heat source. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the secondary heat source could be like have that little green propane tank, the little small one you get from Home Depot or Lowe's or Walmart, and have like one of those Mr. Buddy heaters. This is one of the best things to have is like a backup. I wouldn't say it's the best thing to have as like your main source because it is an open flame. So there's a possibility of like knocking it over and Especially if you a have fire. pets. Yeah. And if your whole build is made out of wood, that might be, you know, not necessarily your go-to move. Now, I will also say that if you're stuck in a snowstorm and you need to get out of there, one thing you must have is either snow chains or snow socks. Yeah, and speaking of that, you need to make sure that you have a good tire that's ready for winter. You do not want to be driving on wet, slick, icy roads with a bald tire and an 8,000-pound vehicle. Yeah, so this goes back to the maintenance of your rig. Making sure you have good tires for the wintertime and even the summer if you're going to be going off-roading or whatever. You want to make sure that you have good shoes. The better your shoes, the better your ride will be. And realistically, for us... We've had nothing but great tires, I feel like, on our van, and that's the reason why we have 
Never really been in any serious situations. And that's because we've invested in the tires. I mean, tires ain't cheap, and especially if you're buying something. I think this van is all-terrain tires. Our last van was also all-terrain. Yep. But they're really beefy. You want something with a lot of grit. You want something that's going to, like, wick away moisture. You want stuff that has, like, the ridges in it, so that way you could stop on ice as well. They'll have, like, these little, like, jagged, like... Not necessarily teeth, but they're like these little it's waves, like a, zigzag. like a zigzag, yeah, going across the edge of the tires. That helps you stop on the ice, and you know, obviously, if it's really bad ice, it's going to be almost impossible to stop. But this helps in the situations when you have little bits of ice and then like more snow ahead. The we what well, we've from watching videos and stuff, we've realized that the snow socks are very good in the sense of grip. And whatnot when you're driving on highways. But if you're going to be going like backcountry off-road stuff, you might also want chains. Because you can't really use those snow socks on that type of terrain. You're only supposed to use them on the highway. For us, we don't do a lot of backcountry camping in the winter time. We do a lot of camping at resorts. So... Having the snow socks should be enough for us. But there are certain places, especially if you're going to snow resorts or ski hills, that you're going to go through some passes and you're going to require chains. It's literally a illegal to drive on some of these roads in the wintertime without chains. Yeah, they either recommend having snow tires. So in other words, those type of tires will probably have some type of like spike on them. And that spike will help you gain traction on ice. If do you, they even allow those anymore? I thought those weren't like they road. Do, they do only like during winter, like like big snowstorms. Right. A lot of the signs that I've seen has been either four wheel drive four, or snow, snow chains. And, and I know a lot of the vans out there, especially like the beefy sprinters, have four by four. But your whole house is in there. I don't know if you want to absolutely risk it and trust the four by four. And not just, you know, how much were the snow stocks that we bought? A hundred bucks? hundred bucks. You know, so just for the safety aspect of it, you're not just, you know, putting your car at risk. You're putting your house at risk. The hundred dollars for the chains or the socks is well worth it. Well, and with that being said, I would even say if there's a crazy snowstorm and you live in your vehicle and you don't, you're not in any rush to get anywhere... You have the opportunity to just pull off on the side of the road and wait it out until the snowplow comes by or whatever it is. You have the opportunity to wait it out. And some of the coziest things that you can have inside of your van, I definitely recommend getting a rug for your floor in the winter. Oh, yeah. The floor of the van, we have a bunch of different layers and cork and all that. The floor still gets cold. You literally have cold air flowing underneath of it. It's a metal box. The cold just like sticks to the floor. I will say what we did with our heater and the placement of it definitely made one area by the sink. Uh, The floor stays pretty warm there, I feel like. Absolutely. But the rest of it is still pretty cold. So either you want to have a pair of slippers at the ready as soon as you're going to jump out of bed or throw a rug down. The rug will still be cool, but it won't be that jarring cold of a, you know, a wood floor. Even so, something so simple as a cork yoga mat has actually helped a lot. I noticed that when we step on the cork yoga mat, 
even though the floor may be cold, that cork yoga mat stays the room temperature. Yeah, so that's actually been kind of handy. And then you could just do some yoga whenever you're ready. Oh, yeah. It's great. The other thing that you can have inside your van, obviously blankets and things like that. But cooking hearty meals in the winter is like the best way to stay warm. Often when we're cooking, the heat from cooking heats the van up enough that you don't even really need your heater on. And then you eat that warm, delicious food and it kind of heats you from the inside out. Yeah, and another thing that you could have is a hot water bottle, like one of those rubber insulated hot water bottles. You could boil uh, a cup of tea or like water on top of your cooktop, and then you pour it into that water bottle. Not the tea, just the water. Yeah, just the water. And you could use that inside your bed, in your bedding area, and that will help keep you warm as well. Another thing that we have that not everybody has is a dog. Paco (laughs) is one of the best heaters. He is this little ball of just warmth, and we absolutely love having him in the van with us when it's cold outside because, man, this boy can make you sweat. (laughs) A couple other kind of safety things. One is a pair of sunglasses, which you wouldn't even really expect for winter, but snow can be very bright. And when it's real white and snowy outside and that's just reflecting back in your eyes, you can actually get a condition called snow blindness, which Frankie had two years ago. I was going to say, let me tell you, it is a real thing and it sucks. It makes you nauseous. You wind up vomiting. It's like vertigo. Yeah, it's vertigo. It lasts about 24 hours normally, but it is something that you do not want. So once that snow starts hitting the ground... You might want to throw on a pair of sunglasses. The other thing that you might want to think about is having an area where your snowy mitts and snow pants and things like that can hang to dry. In our last van, I think we just hung them by the door over there. Didn't we? Yes, we did. Because we had hooks up there. Yes, we mounted hooks. This time around, what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to take a plate, like a, a, you know, some type of tin or or metal, and I'm going to put it underneath our cabinet that sits over our kitchen sink. And that way we can magnetize the little hooks that we have that hold up our shower. uh, And we're going to put them in that area so that way we can hang our gloves and they'll be nice and warm from the space heating up from that heater, as well as they'll drip dry into our sink. The other thing that that will be super handy for, which the reason Frank thought of this recently is because we've been going to so many hot springs. And then you come back and you have a soaking wet bathing suit and you're like, well, what do I do with this bathing suit? We do have a doormat by the side door and I would highly recommend you get a winter like mud doormat to go by your slider door. And I would also highly recommend that in the winter, you use the slider door as little as possible. Yeah, because it lets the most heat out and lets the most cool air in. And you're also going to be walking in with muddy or wet boots. It's just better to keep all that gook up in the front where the whole thing is rubber or plastic or whatever the lining is. It's way easier to clean. It dries a lot faster because it's just a hard, non-porous material. And then you can kick off your big winter boots in the front, come back to a nice, warm, cozy, dry space. Yeah, I agree with you 100% there, babe. The other thing that it made me think about was if you are going to be like snowboarding, you're going to have that type of materials. 
I would actually kind of leave those materials outside the van, you know, leave your bindings and stuff on them. Oh, maybe, like the actual snowboard. Yeah, maybe strap them down to your roof, whatever it is. Uh, because We're going to have to actually figure that out this season to like well, see how it works. Those straps that we're getting, I'm definitely going to use that to strap down the snowboards. Yeah. Yeah, and then they're going to live on the roof, and I think it'll be perfectly fine up there. They are meant for those conditions. Right. You know, so I'm not worried about them sitting out there. Uh, every once in a while, I might take them in, take the screws and stuff off, clean them up so that way they don't get too much like rust or anything on them. But I think they'll be great up there. The other thing that you have to think about in winter is that you hopefully have an indoor shower and not just an outdoor shower. Yeah, because if you're going to try to take an outdoor shower in below 32 degrees Fahrenheit... <laughs> Make a video and send it to us. Yeah. I want to see that. Well, I'm just wondering about... like. As you're showering, like the water kind of freezing in I your hair. I don't think it would freeze because it would still be warm, hopefully. You have to run that hot water continuously. Oh, yeah. It would it would be very uncomfortable. You could not have like the on-off type of shower. No, it would just have to be on blasting heat the entire time. Correct. Maybe we need to make a video about that, like outdoor winter shower. I feel Ooh. like that would slay. It could be like a versus, you know, like... Indoor versus outdoor in the winter shower wise. Uh, you're wearing like full winter boots as you're showering, so you're just pouring hot soapy water into even, your boots. Even just put like the mat down, or even if you had like a little wood surface, it would be so cold. It would be incredibly uncomfortable. It's cold to shower outside when it's like 60 degrees. I would say it's even almost cool when it's 70 degrees outside because you catch a little bit of a breeze and then your whole body is goosebumps. Yeah. It's just like, it's a very summertime activity to shower outside. Yeah. And speaking of showers, like we just had one today inside our van and it was actually wonderful. Very nice. Yeah. And, and we figured out like these little spots where I could put magnets that holds the curtain back up to the wall even better now, so that way it's not touching our skin. I think that we're just kind of, you know, we've been in this van since May, at the beginning of May. But we're still learning the we're space. We're still learning. And, you know, we don't take indoor showers that often. That's something that you can do, too. If you don't have an indoor shower, you could get, you know, a gym membership or a YMCA membership or just go to the towns and find where the public pool is and get a day pass mm -hmm. we actually in the town that we're in right now in ketchum idaho we called the ymca and their day passes were 20 dollars a person yeah which immediately we were like mm, we'll do it ourselves i will say a lot of these ski towns normally have an area or a spot that's like where kids could go and like slide on the slides in the local pool i guess you mm -hmm. could say and they're normally only like five dollars for a day pass. We found a lot of places traveling where you can shower for really cheap. Truck stops as well are really nice. But, you know, it is handy to have this shower inside the van. <laughs> Every I'm, time I say that word, you're just going to laugh I'm at me. I'm laughing because you've definitely said handy at least like seven times. In, in this podcast? Yeah, it is your new word for sure. Oh, man. It's all good, though. It's funny because, like, when... Even I'm saying like, but <laughs> it's funny because we spend a lot of time doing these podcasts and filming and doing all these different things together. And you start to realize the the words, the crutch words, the crutch words that we use when we're trying to under, like get the words out of our head and give them to you guys. 
Well, hopefully you don't find my handy words too annoying. Well, we could turn this one into a drinking game if you'd like to. (laughs) Every time we say like, drink something. Although I feel like most people listening to podcasts are probably driving. Driving, yeah. Please don't drink and drive. (laughs) We are not advocating for that at all. Frankie and I don't even really drink at all. When we say drink something, you could take a shot of your water. Sip of water. Yeah, you can. Kombucha. You can drink a tea. We don't care. Get whatever wild. It is. Get, get crazy. Get yourself hydrated while you're listening to this podcast. That's actually another thing that a lot of people don't think about in the wintertime is actually staying hydrated. A lot of people wind up being very dehydrated over the wintertime because you don't have the sun blaring on you. You don't feel as thirsty because you you're not hot. Yeah, you're not hot. So you're not feeling like that you need the water. But realistically, you always need the same amount of water no matter what season it is. I would maybe maybe need in the a summer little you bit need a bit more, more but because you're if you're sweating it out and whatnot. But if you're doing things like if you're doing hiking. things such as hiking or snowboarding, and or you're ice all climbing. bundled up in your winter gear, you're gonna be kind of sweating on the inside of there. So yeah, make sure don't you hydrate. To drink water. Yeah, and one thing that we have is these tin water bottles. I think they're tin, right? What are they stainless made of? Stainless steel, probably. Oh, stainless steel. Uh, those water bottles, you can actually put water inside. It keeps the temperature <laughs> of the water. You said those water bottles, you could actually put water inside. What else would you do with a water <laughs> bottle? <laughs> That's awesome. What I mean by that <laughs> is if you brought a regular plastic water bottle outside into the freezing temperature, you'd wind up having an ice block. Very true. Yeah. So if you have one of these stainless steel bottles or a thermos, you put your water into that and that way you could drink it when you're in the cold temperatures it is a lifesaver when you're out there snowboarding. I could, you know, 100% tell you that I've been in that situation where I pulled a water bottle, a plastic water bottle on my bag and was like, damn it. Another thing you could do is you could take those hand warmers and wrap them inside your bag. Mm. And then when you put them, when you put that bottle in there, it should keep it warm enough from freezing. The only thing is you might have warm water when you're drinking it. Well, that might be kind of nice in the yeah. winter. Yeah. But anyways, we are actually excited for winter this year. We're excited to get back on the mountain. We're excited to just see the snow. And after spending so much time in our van in the winter already, we're not really worried about it. We've sat in our old van. We haven't done winter in this van, so it might be a little bit different. But in our old van, we were so cozy and comfortable. It could be storming outside. The one night, do you remember in Mont-Tremblant, the wind was so crazy violent that the whole van was like, whoom. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, getting wrecked. In the, like, it was fine. You could feel it rocking. But you could feel the wind rocking. But we were nice and cozy and toasty inside. Yes, the van was a rocking. But you could come and knock in that night. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you could make it through the storm, that was horrible. The whole mountain shut down the next day. It was shut down that day and the following day just due to like high winds. They did get a lot of snow, but we didn't get to enjoy it until like three days later. And a lot of it was ridden out. Right. So hopefully this winter, Frank will get all the powder of his dreams. He wants to do a little bit of snow chasing. We're talking about doing a meetup 
at one of the mountains. If that's something that you're interested in, be sure to come DM us on Instagram. It's FNA Van Life or send us an email, fnavanlife at gmail.com. Sign up for our newsletter, fnavanlife.com, and we'll let you guys know when we're planning this winter meetup, which is something probably not a lot of van lifers would offer. Yeah, we are one of the people out there in this lifestyle that goes and gets it in the winter time. And we would love to see you go and get it too. So we hope you take these tips into consideration before you get yourself out there. Make sure that you have the proper clothes too. Maybe some good mitts and some good boots. And yeah, I think that's all that we got for you guys tonight on the podcast. We hope that you have an FNA day. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All right, all that.